Welcome back to Warped Cinema. I'm your host, Greg, your local metalhead, and with me is... Part of the Collector. What's up, everybody? And we were supposed to end the year with Drive, but somebody got sick, so we're starting the year with Drive. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) No problem. Par was down for a couple days. He was, but he's back, and we are doing Drive. This is one of those movies we have fought over because you talk about how shitty it is. This is one of those movies that, like, we weren't even doing this podcast yet, and you were just like, watch this movie. And I remember I found it at the flea market, like 50 Cent. And I said, ah, I'll watch that movie. For, I'll watch that movie. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I didn't really like it, and I just kind of threw it. But like when me and you first started talking about movies, you were like, oh, this movie's so good. Yeah. So good. I fucking love Drive. And I was like, bro, if we had a podcast, I would tell you how bad that movie is. All and right. I watched it again. Now we have a podcast. Yeah, we you watched can tell it. me. How much you hate this movie? I really didn't hate it as much uh, the second time. I enjoyed it a little bit more. I think um, still, still a couple, still a couple glaring problems. I, I felt <laughs> like it had, but um, but I've been making you watch these kind of movies for a while now. Like I yeah, think we're yeah, coming yeah, yeah. up on four years, and you you've said you've have like a new appreciation for these kind of movies, and um, this is one that I adore, and even rewatching it myself. This is a fucking masterpiece of a movie. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that shit. I fucking knew it. I dude. love this movie. Like, it's top 10 material for me. All right. First of all, let me just say, man, the opening fucking scene is amazing. It's 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 hard to top after anything after that, man, because the first, you know, it's so fucking cool, man. And it's so random at first. And then it just kind of like you said, like like a like a well-placed orchestra, like it just kind of connects and like you're like, oh, this is guy listening to a fucking Clippers game on the radio, dude. He mm-hmm. got this fucking police scanner going. These fucking guys are just in that some warehouse doing God knows what. Right. Know? And one of them, first of all, how the fuck are you that far? What the fuck were y'all doing that y'all were that far apart in time? Right, right. I was saying the same thing. This one guy's like, come on, he where the fuck are you? He wouldn't like, take a shit. You know, <laughs> like he was with you. <laughs> I've been sitting in this car the whole fucking time, so I would imagine you would know where the fuck he's at, because I've been watching the fucking car. Yeah, yeah. And I like the phone call he makes, you know, at the beginning. He's like, you know. Well, he's setting down his ground rules. It's showing that this isn't his first rodeo. He's done this before. He's a professional. He's a seasoned vet driver. Exactly. Getaway driver. Mm -hmm. Got me for five minutes. In that time, I'm yours. Anything on the other side of that, on your own. Right. It's like his credo, you know? Mm-hmm. So he goes to see Brian Cranston, which I'm, I like Brian Cranston a lot. I think don't you a, say he's not good in this movie? Because he's amazing it's not in this that movie. I don't think he's good in this movie. It's just kind of like, it's weird to see him as a sidekick now. Yeah. When I've watched him be the guy now, you know, for so long. So it's not that I don't think he did a good job. It's just like, it's like, come on, bro. That's Heisenberg. Like, put some respect on his fucking name. Well, this came out in 2011. I know Breaking Bad was going on, but, you know, this was. Yeah. He's not as well, you know, known as fucking Walter. Right. Walter White. Walter White. Yeah. Um. But yeah. But he, it just shows he's a fucking, he's almost a chameleon. Like, yeah. Brian Cranston is seriously a national treasure. He really is. We should protect him at all costs. Yes. Uh, but yeah, he um, he runs a a shop that driver works for, which I hate that they didn't give him a fucking name. The fucking other guy, what's his name? Um, his name is Standard. The girl's fucking boyfriend. His name is Standard. Yeah. For standard ass fucking character, yeah. he doesn't deserve a name. But anyway, yeah, I don't. I I'm not a fan of the driver either. But it kind of adds to his ambiance of a character. You don't really know him or get to know him. It's kind of a character study. I don't. Know. Anyways, uh, but the first scene is 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 good. He gets right. these guys in the car, and what I want to know is is they call out over the radio. You're looking for a late '90s. Silver Impala. How the fuck did they get the make of the car yet? Like, he didn't even see a cop at that point. You know what I mean? Maybe the people that they stole from looked out the window when they saw them get away in a car. I don't know. That place was like it was closed, dude. Hmm. 
I think they were robbing it. I mean, probably. Who robs a place at very business hours? You feel like you're just focusing on the wrong things. I don't know. I get it, though. When I watch when I watch shit like with robberies and like precision and time, like I don't know, I just like think it gets bonus points. Like if it makes sense, like holy fuck, you can really get away with that or yeah. whatever. Like I don't know how those oceans movies did it, but like they always made it look like some James Bond shit. Like right, but was, those movies are about the heist, so it has to be as like believable and as real as possible. This right. isn't really about yeah that it's about the character study we're supposed to be focusing on but to get but to be a getaway driver like you have to be able to outthink hundreds of cops mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and he did he got away that's what i'm saying but like that was genius that's what i said i yeah. love that part like it's hard to top this movie after that part mm-hmm. that shit is so that's the thing is it kind of said it depends on who's watching the movie like if you're looking for the action and the driving and the heists and shit, that you're going to be sorely disappointed. But if you're looking at it as like a character study, this like is we're literally 80% of the drive <laughs> in the title is in the first 10 minutes. But if you're looking at this, like a character study, like we're trying to figure out this right. person driver, like who he is, what he's about, then, you know, it really sets itself up. Well, like you get to see the interaction between him and Brian Cranston. It's kind of like that father figure for yeah. him. And, uh, they gave him a job and he knows a lot of, obviously he knows a lot about cars from driving. Right. Well, first they, he goes back to his apartment, you know, sees the girl, whatever. And then we go to the stunt driver thing. That's where we see Brian Cranston is like his, almost like his boss or his, uh, lack of a better term handler. Like an agent. Yeah. Kind of. Cause he's the one that gets him these roles. Cause he's a stunt car driver for the movies mm. and uh so that's really where we get to see like he's a bank heist at, or a, a driver at night for these robbers during the day he's a stunt car driver for movies tv shows and shit yeah, exactly so and uh you find out that brian granston wants to be a nascar like pit like pit chief and he wants ryan gosling to drive the nascar for him mm-hmm. so they wanted to get this nascar it's kind of beat up and like it's not great shape but like ryan gosling's such a good driver that he's like so he goes to albert brooks because albert brooks is a gangster and a loan shark which can i just say albert brooks plays a bitch in almost every role he's ever done i think he said, said like in this movie like you know he was Playing opposite of Ron Perlman, mm. you know, who's been a badass forever, dude. Like, that's Hellboy. Yeah. You know, that's Sons of Anarchy. Like, I've seen Ron Perlman do some nasty shit to people. Uh, and, uh, and Albert Brooks was just like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to be the tough. <laughs> and Ron Perlman was like, are you sure about this, dude? Because, like, I'm, I don't know. It kind of works. I mean, he, did, he went full in. Like, it was believable. You know how far he went in? Shaved his eyebrows. Yeah. He said it wanted he wanted to look more menacing, so he shaved his eyebrows for the role. That's some commitment right there. Yeah, he's uh <laughs> it's Nemo's dad, dude. Marlon. Uh but yeah. And he's a great actor. Like most of the uh the I forget the name of it, but the one with him and um Michael Douglas when their kids are getting married and they're like gonna be in laws. Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas is like a secret agent motherfucker. Now Brooks is like a podiatrist. Like he just does like like puts people with like inserts on their feet and shit. Yeah. Anyways, it's funny as shit. I gotta mm. find out the name of it. But uh What was I going with that? You were just talking about the uh the actors. You were talking oh, about yeah. Albert Brooks, how good he was, and um Brian Cranston. I Kerry forgot Mullen. Oscar Isaac was in this fucking movie. Like he's been in a lot of the movies you've done lately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I forgot this guy was in this much fucking movies. <laughs> Christina Hendricks. You haven't seen Mad Men, have you? Nah. So she's in Mad Men and she's fucking drop dead gorgeous. And I love that character. And I forgot she was in this. But she's amazing. You have to watch Mad Men just for Christina Hendricks. Oh, she's the redhead? Yeah. Yeah. You got it, bad. Yeah, but like, I forgot how like. So the cast is pretty hard. Hard mm-hmm. hit. Isn't that the chick that used to be married to, uh... Carrie Mulligan? Fucking... I don't know. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, really? That yeah. sounds familiar. That sounds right. Like, they were together when they did, uh, Wolf of Wall Street. 
Mm. Or not Wolf of Wall Street. I was going to say, he wasn't in there. Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money Never Sleeps. Let's take the second one. Mm. But, uh, so there's a lot to unpack with this movie that I want to talk about. Right. Um, but I kind of wanted to get your feel for it again because I know you rewatched it. So I was curious how you felt about this movie. It's got a lot more gangster shit in it than I remember. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I was watching. I was like, I don't know why he doesn't like this movie. It's very gangster. Got, it's got some gangster shit in it, and I like mm-hmm. that. Um, it just kind of, I don't know, man. So, like, he was ha- hanging out and helping this this lady and her kid this whole time, and he wouldn't hit that shit. Like, that just seems weird. That He's he would, a weird character. He like, would do all that. All right, know? so I guess I can get it into my shit. So, doing the research on this movie, I came across something that took me down a fucking rabbit hole, and I've been fucking obsessing of it over it ever since. Is uh, there's this thing in movies, or okay, you know what an alpha male is and a beta male, you know? Well, apparently, there's a sigma male, and people are quoting Drive as like the top tier number one sigma male movie ever. Does Ryan Gosling so cool? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's it's so that's part of it. This so, is I will say, you know, I'm not a huge Gosling fan, but this movie is probably one of his better ones. Thank you. I'm glad you said that I because I was that. like, this yes. is like hands down his best role that I've seen. Um, but traits of a Sigma male. I know. I'd say the only movie I like with him more than this is uh, Nice Guys. Yes, like, very much because so. that's a badass. I just watched that a couple weeks ago. Blade Runner. He's great, and I it's the I, same kind of. I got to get to that. But, yeah, yeah, Blade Runner is great. Um. So back to the Sigma male thing, I, it's just something I want to talk about. Nonconformity, um, self, self-sufficiency, independent, they don't need to social hierarchy, um, adaptability, self-priority. Uh, Basically, they're like the lone wolf. Right. Like they're an alpha male that kind of lays below everything, you know. Right. They're, they're sticking to their own thing. Right. And so that's Ryan gosling's character the driver he kind of just does his own thing whatever so just real quick the reason i got obsessed with this whole sigma male thing is somebody made a list of sigma male movies and i'm gonna le- and i'm gonna read them off to you and you're gonna start fucking laughing because i found it funny mm. american psycho joker drive taxi driver bike club the clockwork orange blade runner wolf of wall street the dark knight the Shining, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, V for Vendetta, Nightcrawler, John Wick. Are you sensing a theme here? Yeah. Some what? of those, some of those, I would say, but um, a lot of them, a lot of them, you could say, like, like those are Descent to Madness. I don't feel like this was a Descent to Madness movie, though. Well, that's kind of what was so funny to me is because we always talk on this podcast how I love the Descent to Madness movies, yeah. but there was always this like other other kind of movie that I like that didn't really fit into that Descent to Madness, and it's this. That's what I was Sigma reading. Those Man. are all my favorite movies, Nick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's pretty funny. So the whole Sigma male, I just thought it was funny, and I wanted to talk uh, touch on that. So that's the whole thing with Ryan Gosling's character is... He's kind of a loner, but then he, he sees her yeah, and they have, he's drawn to her and, you know, after they, you know, her car breaks down, she takes it to the shop and he takes her on the drive with the kid. She kind of like has a connection with him. So they share this, this bond. Yeah. And, um, so her, her husband gets out of prison. Yeah, I I like that scene where like it's like the first time like he had helped her or whatever mm-hmm. uh, when her car broke down, and uh, she's like, "That's uh, Benicio's dad." Oh yeah, when they're in the uh, the he's kitchen, in, yeah, he's in prison, or, or he's like, uh, "Where is he?" Yeah, where is he? <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Just... <clears throat> like, why did I have to help you? You know, like, that's kind of like how I took it. Like, why did I have to help you? Where the fuck's the man in the house? You know? Kind of, yeah. And uh, she's like, yeah, he's in prison. <laughs> and then I'm thinking like, oh, he's finna hit this ass. Like, for sure. Just went and spent good, good hard-earned fuel on that fucking race car. Take care of the kid out there. 
took him to the creek and shit. But uh, yeah, he he falls in love with her right. clearly, and then Oscar Isaac's her husband, and she he gets out of prison miraculously like two weeks after these fall in love together. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the uh, so they've had this like connection. They were kind of dating, but not really dating because, like you said, they didn't really have sex. They didn't even kiss yet. Um, but he's in his apartment, and there's a song playing by the way shout out to i saw this before we hit record is i literally have the drive soundtrack on cd as i was watching this i was like i bet greg just jerks off to this fucking soundtrack i do i bet he loves this soundtrack i fucking love this soundtrack this is how much i love it i bought the cd it's very good uh the way it lines up certain things but yes when he's in there fixing the car engine and they're having the party yeah and then when he comes out of the apartment it makes it sound like it was in her apartment the whole time yeah it's under your spell it's about being obsessed with somebody and how like that's all you're thinking about Mm. no matter what you can't sleep because they're all you're thinking about but also whenever um oscar isaac is like in the apartment carrie's character is looking at him but you can tell she's off in another you know in her head thinking about something else and obviously it's ryan gosling's character Mm. And he's making this like great speech about like he doesn't deserve shit and you know like celebrating a second chance is worth celebrating or whatever. Yeah. Um. So you kind of like you're already like led on to believe like this guy's gonna suck. Mm -hmm. Like I said, his name is Standard, so he's just a standard ass character. But I love the part where she's sitting outside the apartment and she's like, and he walks out. Ryan Gosling character walks out. And she's like, sorry about the noise. He's like, oh, I was going to call the cops. She's like, I wish you would. <laughs> it's fucking cold. <laughs> All the cops on this piece of shit and get them out of my house. Yeah. Um. So he comes out. And he's like, so this little guy tells me that you've been coming around and helping out. Like, He was in prison. I don't know how long. I mean, it's made to seem like for... A little bit of time. Yeah, he's probably been there a few years. The kid's young, but he remembers his dad, so it's kind of like, all right. Probably been there a couple years, yeah. Um, But I was just like, yeah, dad, you were in prison for two years. It was weird. Mom didn't start fucking with this guy until like a week before you got out. (laughs) 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 Kind of random. Like It's almost like she planned it this way. So a lot of the a lot of the complaints about this movie is uh how slow it is. Right. And as I was watching it, I like the pacing of this movie. I was say, it's not the pacing for me. It's kind of like it doesn't know whether it wants to be like a love story. Like uh I'm willing to do whatever it takes for love or is it like an action movie for me? Well, it's using right. action as like you know, a substitute. Well, because it kind of plays into his character. It has the action in it. It has the grotesque, but it plays into Ryan Gosling's character to tell the whole story. And yeah, know. like when the little warning before the movie came on, and it was like bloody and gore and like nudity. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't remember any of this having like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then like when I was watching Albert Brooks go to work, I was like, fuck, that's why because this is random as shit. Yeah, it's seems- like he was like, no, nah, that's not good enough. I want to fucking kill him with a fucking fork, dude. I want to <laughs> stab him through his eye, and then I want to <laughs> fucking stab him in the chest with a butcher's knife like six fucking times. Which is like serial killer shit. Yeah, so the first half of this movie is kind of a lot of setup. It's Ryan yeah. Gosling and this girl. They're setting up their whole relationship, and then it kind of turns halfway through the movie, and then it becomes a you know very action heavy movie. Right. But I was thinking about it because. The dialogue is very like sparse. Yeah, like, they will say, say something and then wait a few seconds before they respond. He might have a hundred lines in this whole fucking movie. Yeah, like he doesn't talk a lot in this movie. But I was gonna say I appreciate that because it plays into how badass his character is. I yeah, think. he's cool and slick. But I'm I'll say more than I have to. Yeah, you know, exactly. It's like he's saying it without saying it. You know, right? Um, and uh, but I like that. Like people say it's boring. But I think it's because they're waiting to be told, you know, more dialogue, like fill the space or whatever. But I like the space because it gives me a chance to think about the movie, like what these characters are going through. Like they'll say something and they wait a couple of seconds and you're in your head filling in the space. Well, that's why I think the uh, 
Carrie Mulligan mm-hmm. is so good of an actress because her facial expression kind of says a lot. You know, like when you were talking about how she's looking at him, yeah. But you could tell she's somewhere else. Like mm-hmm. she's very good at like painting that that image with her face. Yes, just with an expression. Um, know? Ryan Gosling is good at that too. There's actually a one part in this movie that plays into the story is he's sitting on the couch with the son. This is before the the boyfriend gets out of jail. And he's like, is that a bad guy? He's like, yeah. He's like, how can you tell? He's like, look at him. He looks like a bad guy. He's like, there aren't any good sharks. Or he's like, yeah, he's a shark. He's a bad guy. He's like, there aren't any good sharks. He's like, but the expression on his face um, plays into because there's a, it plays into the story. Yeah, because he's like saying like, well, I'm a bad guy. Yeah. So the whole point of this movie, in my opinion, anyway, is Ryan Gosling's character is dealing with his shadow. I mean, um, do you know psychology, like the shadow, like, uh, there's a point, there's a personality trait, not a personality trait, but there's a part of you that you bury deep that you don't acknowledge. Um, you may think it's a bad part of you. Uh, society made you feel like that part of you was a bad part of you and him, he doesn't view himself as a criminal. He doesn't view himself as a bad guy. He's just a driver. Right. You know, he's not the one breaking into those places. He, he even says, he's like, I don't carry a gun because he doesn't kill people. Like, he's not a bad guy. Right. So he views himself not as necessarily the good guy, but not as a bad guy either. And uh, throughout the movie. Oh, he takes he that start, shit to another level. He starts to realize, oh, shit, I am the bad guy. You know, he starts to realize well, who he is as a person. Well, I think it. I think it's kind of like when you do love somebody, you know, the extent you're willing to go to for that person. Right. You know what I mean? And he said, I don't carry a gun. I don't kill. Dude, he fucking takes a hammer to that dude like it ain't shit. <laughs> so calm. Yeah. So fucking cool. Like I love that I mean? shot, though, where it's like looking up at him mm-hmm. with the hammer. He's like trembling. When he's like. I'm looking for uh I'm looking for what's his name and she's like he's in the dressing room he's like where the fuck is the dressing room <laughs> I've never been here before yeah right so she like points and he's just like she, he's got his hand on the table and oh cook where's cook at mm-hmm. bam 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 some fucking casino shit breaks his fucking arm I love it's a very stylistic choice and I know this is just artistic but I love this shot because you have the guy on the floor Ryan Gosling standing above him, but the girls in the background, they're naked and they're not really reacting. They're just kind of like almost like props in the back. Yeah, because they've seen this shit 16 times. Oh, you think that's what it is? Yeah. It's like like a mob joint. Yeah, it's like a mob joint. Like, fuck, cook, fucked up again. (laughs) (laughs) Taking the hammer to his ass. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. I just, I was like, it's really weird that they're not reacting to this whole thing. But because this guy's got a fucking hammer. And if I get up, he might hit me in the fucking head with it. Like,. Those are traumatized women. They've seen that shit yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot. Like, That's true. I didn't think about that. They might have got rid of a body or two. <laughs> you don't know what those women have gone seen. <laughs> They're just like, That's I'm what glad I it's not me today. That's what I do, bro. Like, I'm writing scenes that don't even happen inside a scene, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm triple watching this shit. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, nah, it's great because then he like fucking, he's like, you gave this to a little kid? Like. I wish he would have fucking, fucking hammered that fucking bullet and it went off. Like, yeah, how right. Cool would that have been? That would have been pretty awesome. Watch it just fucking explode his fucking head. Yeah, that would have been a great kill. So the whole movie, like, um, boyfriend gets out of jail. Uh, he husband. had husband gets out of jail, and uh, he had some protection on the inside. And they're like, when you get out, you got to pay us back. Well, he's not. He hasn't been paying them back, so they beat him up, uh-huh. rough him up a little bit, and uh, they want to. They want him to do a job. He won't do it. So uh, the driver's like, you know what? I'll do the job if he gets you out of this debt because I want to protect them. Yeah, like I was waiting for him to go like, hey, uh, I'm going to do this for you. But then your family's mine. Like, <laughs> you get to live, but you got to kick I'm rocks. taking your life like from you. Like for real. You, you know what I mean? Like I saved your life. So in return, I want your life. Yeah. Like. You know, you just get to be alive and I'll get to be with your wife and kid. Well, that's how much he cares about 
them is you know he just wants a, to he just I, wants to protect them exactly and i thought that was even crazier because he even says he goes because he's telling uh he's, he's telling the chick the redhead he's like you just got a little boy's father killed mm-hmm. and you fucked us and now we're gonna die too like, yeah um, speaking of protecting them, I love that shot when uh, he's carrying the son and mm-hmm. he has his jacket over him mm-hmm. because the jacket's like almost like a costume, like a superhero oh, yeah, costume. It's, it's like it's part of the fucking symbolism at this point. Exactly. And he has it over the kid and it's like, I'm protect. I want to protect these guys because I care about them a lot. I just I just love little shit like that. Right. Um, but yeah, I, he comes in and sees the dad's already got the shit beat out of him. Mm-hmm. By some thugs. Don't tell your mom. <laughs> it's, it's a game. Don't tell your mom. Yeah, right. Like he, he just like takes the kid, and then that's when he's watching TV with him and shit. But he does the job, and on the way out, Oscar Isaac gets fucking blown away. Yeah, shit goes south. Well, there's another car there too, right? But uh. I just felt like he should have been moving a little faster. Nah, he said, fuck that. I got this shit. <laughs> he put his gun away. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, how are you going to lollygag after you, you just stole? Just rob a million dollars for these fucking people. You're right. You should like, be running. Yes. Get the fuck <laughs> out. Especially after she got out and got in the car. So fucking calm. So smooth. Because he had the back seat open and ready to go. Mm-hmm. But you get another chase scene. Another drive. <laughs> You Great do. little scene. And of course, these uh, these gangsters are shitty drivers compared to him. I'm just saying, how is that Chrysler creeping up with that? Dude, that's what I Mustang? was thinking the entire time. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I know this isn't like some crazy, like, it's hooped up Mustang, but like, it's a fucking Chrysler 300. Yeah, like, right. When, I don't ever remember like reading about them having 400 horsepower fucking stock. <laughs> like, it could have been souped up like the uh, like the Impala. Yeah, no rims, nothing. Like we just fucking all horsepower, baby. That's what I was thinking. I was like, when we we're talking about realism, I was like, mm. I said, if my fucking Chrysler 300 can't do the quarter mile <laughs> in fucking five seconds, I don't want it. I don't want it. Right. So anyway, he uh, he gets away. They go back to the uh, a hotel. And that's when he, like, beats the truth out of her, basically. He didn't even have to hit her. Nah. He did. He she, well, because she knows that he's going to fucking do some weird shit, like, peel her skin off if she doesn't tell him the truth. Like, he's serious. Um, But I do love this 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 part of the movie because I feel like this is the middle of the movie where everything turns on its head. Uh-huh. Because that, that shotgun shot was unnecessarily brutal. Oof. The... The blowing of her head off was just so unnecessary. I was like, that's too brutal. You know what was crazy, though? It's like they showed that, but when he shot through the fucking door mm-hmm. and blew that dude's head off, like, all we got was yeah, shocked. Shocked blood on the face. All right. So the reason I love this part so much is because before this scene, Driver hasn't done anything. He hasn't uh, any violence. Yeah. He has had no violence. He's only been a driver. He's standing against the wall. These two men are breaking into the fucking hotel and you could just see his uh, his expression where he's fighting like. I thought I was the good one, but I'm going to have to be something more right now. I'm going to have to be my shadow. Basically, I'm going to have to embrace my shadow. And if I want to live. So he finally just says, fuck it. And he grabs the gun, blows the two guys away. And then I really love this shot because I never noticed it before. Is he's kind of he's covered in blood, but he's kind of in the shadow. See, here's and where. Then, hang on, yo, let me finish my thought. My bad, God damn my bad, my bad. it! He's in the shadow, and then he looks out, and it kind of the light hits him. It's almost like he's coming out of his shadow. I don't know. It's just really good cinematography. Go. Sorry, <laughs> I wasn't trying to cut you off. Um, but no, I was just thinking. Like, do you think it's that he doesn't want to? I don't feel like that was the first time he's killed anybody. I think it was. You do. Yeah, See, like, I think that's what he, I was thinking. Like, I was like, it's like he doesn't want to let that side out of him. Exactly. Again. That's that's what I was saying. It's a shadow. Like he he kind of represses it. He doesn't he doesn't acknowledge it. But that's what but I'm this saying. is the this is the moment where he's like, I gotta be this. The first one through his fucking chest and neck mm-hmm. with a towel rack. Yeah, that's kind of like personal. 
It's kind of like I don't think it's I've personal. I've done that shit before. I think it's more so I have the capability to do this and shit. Like the way he cleared that shotgun and fucking mm-hmm. just knew where to point it. Yeah. And blew that dude away. I don't know. Well, that's why I like the first scene in the movie because it shows how technical he is. And look how, how calm he, he was when he hammered that fucking dude's hand. Mm-hmm. You know, and like all that other shit. I don't know. It just felt like he was like didn't want to be that guy. That's what. Yeah, exactly. He like not he necessarily that did, guy, but I don't want to be him anymore. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to fucking drive, and and now I'm back to the killing motherfuckers. I think it's. He has the capability to be that guy, but he didn't know that. He painted himself as like the quote unquote good guy. He's like, I'm not like those guys. I'm I'm just a driver. Right. But deep down, he is just like them. And this is where this is why I love this scene, because it finally shows like he finally realizes like, oh, I am just like them. All right. So that's that was my take on it anyway. It works. Yeah. Um. So after that. He uh, takes the money and he hides it. And that's when he goes to Brian Cranston and, and he's trying to figure out, like, he's like, look, you had to give him something because you're the only motherfucker I told. And mm-hmm. he's like, look, I'm sorry. I, you know, I, I told him to leave the girl alone. Like, you know. Yeah. And I was really like, damn, man, did Brian Cranston fuck him over? You know, but like, well, Brian Cranston's kind of a sleaze ball. Like, uh, but he, you can tell he had a soft spot for for the kid. Yeah, 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 know, for the driver, and that's why I was like, man, don't don't be the fucking piece of shit. Like everybody's been shitty. Like, be the one guy that was in his fucking corner, and he was. He just was a dumbass. Yeah, like you said, he was a bad criminal. Mm-hmm. And but when it comes to money, people get real squirrely. Well, Albert Brooks, Albert Brooks even gives him like a little into his backstory to let you know that he is like a fucking lifetime loser. Yeah. He's like, I used to make shitty action movies. He's like, people called him European, mm-hmm. you know? He's um, like, somebody, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I was just going to say somebody made a commentary like, or said, this is actually commentary. Um, I don't think I said it before, but this is a Nicholas winding Reffin movie, neon demon. Uh, we did earlier. Um, he's, he's commenting on his own career. <laughs> Like in that moment, he's like, I made shitty movies, you know, just style and sexy bunch of action. I think they're shit. But <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was a funny little observation that somebody made. But he was like, he used to overcharge me. Mm-hmm. He goes, but my bot partner, Nico, he they didn't goes, play that shit. They didn't like that. Yeah. He goes, they fucked him up. Broke, it broke his, his hip, broke his pelvis. Yeah. Pelvis. And uh, he goes, but I always liked him. He goes, he was just really fucking unlucky. He's like, you get what I'm trying to tell you, kid? Yeah, but also earlier in the movie, Brian Cranston was talking to the uh, Irene is her name, uh, telling her like, you know, he came into my shop. He I, I hired him on the spot, but I gave him half the pay. Like he even fucks over Ryan Gosling in the beginning when he first met him. So it just kind of shows right. the kind of sleazeball he can be. But he's like, and I've been exploiting his kindness ever since exactly. and all that. Mm-hmm. But I always thought that he said he paid him to have to pay because they were doing this kind of shit. Like I felt like Brian Cranston was the one putting him on to the bank robbers. Yeah. I was thinking too. that too. Like he's the, yeah. Cause when he's sitting at the bar and that dude walks up and he's like, Hey, you're fucking Shannon's buddy. He's like, man, he's like, we changed wheelmen last time. He's like, I ended up in fucking jail for six months. And my brother's fucking dead. And he's like, how about this? Shut the fuck up. It's Knock your teeth down your throat. <laughs> but uh, this is that was a good point because it's a really a turning point in his character because that that happened directly after the husband getting out of jail. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a nice little like, oh, shit. <laughs> <sighs> but that's like part of against his code. Like he doesn't talk about it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. he did the job. That was it. Like we're we're not we're not going back. Yeah. But. Um, but yeah, I felt like he was really enjoying her and the kid and like, you know, being the, the family man. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's what he really wanted. Well, yeah, that's what he, he, it's something he didn't know he wanted because he thought his life was just being a driver for bank robbers and then doing stunt work and then working on cars during the day. You know, that, that was like his life. Like he was fine with that. But then he met her and he was like, Oh, there can be more to life. And 
I didn't realize I wanted this until I met her. And now this is a life that I want. But, you know, he's in a bunch of, he has a lot of problems that he has to get through. I just don't understand. Like, that's why I said maybe it's me. That's what I didn't like first time is like, it's tough to see his motivation because like he's willing to do all this for her. But when he's driving her husband to a fucking like that was your only solution was to help my husband rob this motherfucker. <laughs> it wasn't like, let's go to the cops or let's fucking leave town or anything like that. Like it was like, let's go do the robbery. Well, I think it was more so like. I can't have that life because now he's back. So I can't have what I wanted. So he's going to do the right thing anyways. Like, I don't know, man. Like that. It's like, I don't know. But if he did love her that much, I guess. But I don't know. So we're going to get to the part. Uh, he's talking on the phone with uh, Albert Brooks. He's like, I want to give you them, give you the money, whatever. But you. No, you, first he talks to Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and Ron Perlman fucking sends, sends a hitman. To his house. I know, but I'm talking on the point we were just making Uh, about his uh, character, like why he, his motivation on doing what he's doing. He says, have you heard about the story of the scorpion and the frog? Have you heard the story of the scorpion and the frog? So there is a story about a scorpion that wants to cross a lake. He wants to get on the other side of the lake, but he can't because he's a scorpion. He'll drown. A frog swims up. Scorpion's like, hey, can you take me across the lake? He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. You're a scorpion. You'll just sting me. He's like, bro, if I sting you, we'll both die. So, you know, take me across this lake. He's like, all right. All right. Hop on my back. In the middle of the frog swimming to the other side of the lake, the scorpion stings him. And uh, as they're about to drown, the frog's like, why the fuck do you sting me? You said you wouldn't do that shit. He's like, I'm a fucking scorpion. That's what I do. <laughs> That's like that. So that basically pays plays in his motivation. That's why he wears the scorpion jacket. He yeah. is a scorpion. He's going to do things that's in his nature. That's why I was saying like the shadow and everything like that. Like he finally realizes he can't be with her because he's a shitty person. And he realizes that halfway through the movie, like he's just going to bring all this shit to her doorstep and it's going to keep putting her in danger. So to, in order for her to be safe, he needs to get the fuck out of her life. That's how much he cares about her is he want he can't be anywhere near her. Okay. I get that by the end of the movie. Oh, okay. I get that by the end of the movie. <laughs> but I'm talking about in the beginning, like right when I don't know, I guess the turning point when he finds So should he he just he kill finds, the boyfriend like, "No, nah, I want her. Get the fuck out." I feel like after he found the dad all beat the fuck, he's like, "Look, I'm going to take your wife and all and your son and I'm going to leave." I guess, but that doesn't really play into the kind of character he is. He wouldn't do that. You know, I think it's more so he had his chance. His chance is over because the boyfriend's back. So he's just going to go back to his old life. You know, I guess. But after he helps him and it goes even more fucking south. Mm-hmm. Like, and not at one point did he go selfish and be like, no, fuck it. I'm going to help myself. It all was all about saving her. Right. And. Even when he meets up with fucking uh because like he gets so pissed right that she he that ron perlman says this hit man after him and they're in the elevator and he's like well i'm about to die so i'm about to give her this fucking this kiss i've been yearning for it's not that he's about to die it's that he's she's about ab- she's about to see who he half, really is yeah, the other half of him. she's about to see his shadow and he knows that so he's getting his last kiss it's a kiss of goodbye it's like you're about to see some shit and i know you're not gonna like it so here's a kiss. I'll see you later. <laughs> he crushes this motherfucker's he skull. He stomps in. his fucking face in. Skull. I think he like, takes everything out on this dude. <laughs> All the frustration, <laughs> everything. He takes it out of this dude's head. the worst day. And you're about to get it. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah. I love that shot. It's as the elevators are closing. She's like confused at what she just saw. She's like, I did not know you were capable of this. And then it shows the scorpion. And I was like, God, this, uh, that's why I love this director is he's so good at cinematography, like telling a story without saying anything. I love it's it a so lot of much. Good shots. Uh, so he um, so he goes after Ron Perlman with the fucking vengeance. <laughs> and I mean, he fucking takes his car and it's another you get your last you get your last drive. Mm-hmm. In a the lot movie. of yeah, a lot of people have speculations on this scene. So I'm curious what yours is. So he goes to the 
studio. He puts on the mask and then he hunts down Ron Perlman, but he like walks up to the door and then gets back in his car. Like, I don't know. What do you, what was that? What is that about? I don't know. I, I <laughs> thought he was going to go in there and just like start, you know, or I, I honestly, I thought he was going to drive the car through the fucking window. Yeah. Right. That would have been fucking. And just like fucking Grand Theft Auto, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he just walks up. Like, I don't know. I guess like he didn't want to be seen. Well, Ryan Gosling made comments in uh, interviews that he said when he read the script, the only way it made sense is there was a guy that was blurring the line between Hollywood and real life and couldn't discern, distinguish the difference between the two. And I think this is the part because he's a stunt car driver. And when he puts on the mask, it's um, it's almost like he's uh, what am I trying to say? It's It's not not him doing it. Yeah, it's not real. It's not him doing it. It's like somebody else doing it so he puts on this mask and makes it feel like a movie so it doesn't feel real and you know because he fucking launches his fucking car off the side of this fucking bed Mm -hmm. not mountain but uh yeah a little hillside little hillside and then he gets out and then he like you said he walks him down in the rain and shit he hammers him, doesn't he? No, he just chokes him. Like he like oh, that's right. pushes oh, he him, the, him. Yeah, yeah, he drowns like him. Drowns his ass in the ocean. That's mm-hmm. right. All very personal. Yeah, all for her. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it it it, it kind of confused me that it was like, all right, well, at first I'm gonna just gonna rob this place. Well, he does. He there is that moment where he's like, I got all this money. We can run away together, and she slaps him because she doesn't want that life. Right. He's like, well, I tried. We can't be together then. So there is that. I could go with you. <laughs> he just says it so casually, like, you can take this money. I could go with you, maybe. <laughs> uh, you know. But I, I still think she would have went. She would have went with him. Like I think just the overall, like, you know, I knew he was a bad guy, but like I knew it, you know, because he went to prison and all that. Like she knew who he was. It came out of left field with this guy because he was so caring and so loving, you know, to her and her son and like wanted good things for them. Mm-hmm. And then to see her stomp the living fucking life out of somebody like a fucking bug. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is a big like 10 minutes because it's like he told her right after that, you know? No, he said that before. Oh, did he? Yeah. Uh. Yeah, because the stomping of the head is like the last scene they have together mm. because that's when she's like, Oh fuck! I see what you really are capable of, and I don't want anything to do with that. So when he meets up with Albert Brooks, he's fully prepared to just give him this fucking money, mm-hmm. and you leave her alone. And then Albert Brooks is like, "If you give me the money right now, I could guarantee that she'll be safe forever." Yeah, but you, you're gonna have to look over your fucking shoulder. Sorry, man, it's just gotta be that way. Like you mm-hmm. killed my fucking partner. He's like, I gotta get, I gotta answer for shit back over, back in, because this is the whole thing. Ron Perlman steals that money from Philly gangsters. Yeah. And they're from Philadelphia, but they're Jewish, so they aren't taken seriously in the mob. Right. Um, he goes, they still call me kid and pinch my fucking cheek. Like, and you can tell, like, Ron Perlman's like over that shit. But mm-hmm. like, in Cali, the mob's not as strong, so they kind of get probably given their own crew and they can do whatever they want. They just have to send money back home or yeah. whatever. They're trying to be real gangsters. They're like playing gangsters. And Albert Brooks is like, motherfucker, you know how this works. The money goes up because it doesn't matter who you are. Like at the end of the day, if you're not the boss, you're fucking kicking up. Right. And See, this stuff like that, I figured you would appreciate in this movie. Right. And then, like I said, it was like Albert Brooks was like, I'm tired of playing the pussies. Like, I want to play a fucking, I want to play a ruthless motherfucker. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, he stabs the fuck out of the, out of the guy that Ryan Gosling had already beat the shit out of once. Yeah. Um, and then when him and uh, Gosling are about to make the trade, you know, give him the money, he just fucking stabs the shit out of him right in the fucking gut. Yeah. Like, he didn't have his phone books. <laughs> so... But then, you know, but Ryan Gosling was ready. He he knew something was going to happen. So he pulls his knife out and stabs him. But I love this shot because it pans down to the shadow 
of of Ryan Gosling. It's it's like saying he's fully embraced his shadow. He this is who he is, and he realizes it. It leaves the body and the fucking money in the parking lot. Yep, and just drives away. Yep. He's finally out. He's done with everything. Wash his hands clean. They kept the money. Yeah, but then you have the mob looking for you. I mean, it would have led to you eventually. But if you leave the money there, to drive too. <laughs> And it would have been better. Because he got a K back for. <laughs> but. But Irene and Benicio are safe. Are they? Yeah, they're safe. Because it was really only this little gang that they know about. Like, it's between Ron Perlman, um, Albert Brooks, yes. and the mob. Like, yes. the other playing characters they don't really know about, I don't think. So. Well, by leaving the money. Plus, they get their money. Like, no, they don't, though. It's sitting on the ground. They can come the pick it up. Cops are going to find it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's like how he tied up that loose because they can't say shit because the cops got it. Yeah. And it looks like he was a greedy motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He got killed for it. Right. Um, But here's my thing. Do you think that he lives? Because he gets it in the fucking gut. Dude. I've heard a few people say like they are leaving it up to your own interpretation. Like. If that's you, probably one of my biggest complaints about this is like we don't know if he lived or not. Well, that's why there's that long scene of it, like you don't even see him blink. Like it's just zooming right. up to his face, and you're like, is he still alive? Like it's making you, it's making you question it, and that's kind of the point. And then yeah, he fires. It. I like to think that he lives, but you know it is in the gut. Maybe he goes and sees that doctor that takes all their shotgun bullets out of his arm. All the pellets. Yeah. All the buckshot. Um, a note that I have, I, I talked about most of my notes, but there was one after, cause I watched it this morning again, <laughs> cause I loved it so much. I was like, I gotta watch it again before he comes over. Um, the kid, whenever he first meets the kid, you know, he's in the kitchen and the kid walks up and he's wearing a mask. The kid is pretending to be bad. Ryan Gosling is wearing a mask cause he's pretending to be good. I thought it was a nice little touch. Yeah. Scary. Like, I thought that was yeah exactly I thought that was a nice little hint that most people don't talk about I haven't heard anybody bring that up um but yeah that was the only one that I didn't talk about so watch this movie officially as a as as a movie reviewer yeah you know I, I enjoyed it a lot more the second time I'm glad to hear that um like I said watching movies with you you know it's kind of opened up my perspective on certain shit and uh, where I was just a little closed, more a little more closed minded on it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot more this time. Uh, so yeah, I think the first time I saw it, I probably would have gave this movie like probably like a six, you know. But it's, I enjoyed it this much the second time. I'll even give it an eight one. Oh shit! Give it pretty high. I'll give it That's pretty high one. on the par par scale. Yeah. I like movies that when I'm done watching it, it kind of has some introspection. And this time watching this movie, I had some serious introspection. I started just uh, like I said, I watched it and there were certain parts that, like you said, the cinematography, like I just see something. I was like, holy shit, that looks cool. Yeah. You know, like the way the way it looked or just Mm -hmm. the way he hung on it. Um. So, yeah, I, I definitely appreciated it a lot more this time around. Yeah, I'm glad um, to hear that. Um, but, yeah, this this one had me thinking about me, myself, my shadows, and, you know. I was happy I own it, you know. <laughs> right. Like, I was like. Now you can go I, revisit That's revisit why I got it. an eight, you know, because I was like, well, I could have watched this again if I wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't bad. Yeah. Like, so, uh. So yeah, I just, this, like I said, this is a fucking, for me, this is like a masterpiece of a movie. I love it so much. There's so many underlying things. There's so many themes. There's so many philosophical questions that you can like put onto yourself or think about. And those are the kind of movies I really like. So yeah, this is highly recommended. Like I said, it's probably my top 10 favorite movies now. I agree watching it. Pretty good. I won't go that far top 10 or nothing, but (laughs) it's, it's pretty good movie. Yeah. And it's a win for Gosling. Like, and not you, nice guys, but it's good. You talk about him so much, and I was like, I'm going to give him one of Ryan Gosling's good, better movies. It is, it is like one of his better movies. I will say that I haven't seen the one with him and uh, 
Chris Evans on Netflix, The mm-hmm. Gray Man. I haven't I heard, seen it either. I heard it's pretty good. Yeah. They say he, he he's good in it. And I mean, I I don't do musicals, but I mean, obviously La La Land. Yeah, La La Land is okay. I like The Notebook. I thought he did good in that. Mm-hmm. I mean. You got to check out Blade Runner 2049 because he's yeah. really, really good in that. It's the same kind of right. subtle acting. Best movie he's ever done, though, Beyond the Bides. <laughs> look at my face! <laughs> oh, Mickey Mouse robbing a bank. That shit was too funny. So, um, it's a new year. It's a new podcast. What are you thinking to start the year off with? Uh, I actually brought you the movie. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm down to do fucking. I mean, I was definitely probably thinking about doing it at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I wanted to start off with uh, my cousin Vinny. Oh, yeah. Because you were talking about you'd never seen it. And I was just like, that is fucking nuts. Like, yeah. We're going to have to fix that. It's just one of those movies that I knew about, just never sat down to watch. I don't know why. You're about to say thank you. I appreciate it because it's so fucking funny, dude. And it's like one of those movies that kind of like I learned shit because I didn't really know because like you learn a lot about the legal process. Oh, yeah. In this movie, because that's what it is. is uh, Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, right? There's no De Niro anywhere near this movie. It's oh. Ralph Macchio. Oh, OK. The fucking karate kid <laughs> and uh, Joe Pesci and uh, fucking Herman Munster plays the judge. So it's a great movie. You're about to get a lot of good laugh. Oh, I'm sure I've heard great things about that movie. I just, one of those things I never got around to watch. And, uh, what's her name? Um, got an Oscar for this movie. She's Mm -hmm. great in it. Um, I don't know why I can't think of her name right now. It's Aunt May. What happened to your brain? I know, dude. When we first started this podcast, you could like rattle off names like they were nothing. I think it was nothing. (laughs) Starts with a T. Tawny or Tory or Marissa Tomei. Bam. <laughs> Marissa Tomei. I'm just gonna leave that fucking pause in there because it's fucking Marissa Tomei. Yeah, she's great at it, and yeah, she's in it too. Yeah. It's the only. It's the only. It's a fun fact though. I should probably save it for next week. Probably. Yeah. Um, but, let me forget my fun fact about Marissa Tomei. Oh, so you have a fun fact about her? Yeah, on that movie. Oh, okay, okay. And unlike some of my other uh, fun facts, this one's actually true. <laughs> I was thinking like uh, Nicholas Winding. I I've said winding for so long, and I realize it's winding. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me to like say it. Nicholas Winding Refing Refin is doing a Dracula movie, I thought. Writer, director, Maniac Cop. No, I guess I'm thinking about somebody else. He did Maniac Cop. He's about to, it looks like. Uh. Maniac Cop. It's coming soon. I thought that they'd already made those. I mean, I'm sure it's a remake or a reimagining. That's kind of funny, though. Less Italians. <laughs> but anyway. Yes, yeah, so many good movies coming out this year, though, bro. So many. I know we talked about it a couple episodes ago. Indiana Jones 6. Nobody cares. I don't I mean, care. Nobody cares. 5. Sorry, it's Indiana Jones 5. I don't care. You got, I didn't even watch. You got. I didn't even watch the fourth one. You got Ant Man three coming out, dude. Quantum Mania, bro. Megan is coming out. Huh? Megan. Megan. The animatronic robot that kills oh, people. I'm not watching that fucking. Creep. We're gonna go and watch I'm it. Not watching. And that we're gonna review it. Creep show, dude. <laughs> that shit'll give me nightmares, man. <laughs> That's the point. Dude, when we watched the trailer, I was like, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. (laughs) Oh. If 
far you had run. And then that bitch gets down on all fours and spider crawls at him. I'm like, oh, no, dude. Yeah, that movie's going to be fucked up. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it with you and talk about it on the podcast. Oh. <laughs> Haunting. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, it's going to be a good year for the podcast. I feel like our views kind of dipped at the end of the year there a little bit. It's Christmas. People are on vacation. Is that what it is? Probably. They got time to listen to our podcast? I don't think people really care about like listening to reviews about Christmas movies. They just want to talk about Christmas or watch Christmas movies. You know what I mean? Maybe. It's whatever. But we'll get back to it. Yeah, hopefully uh, next week or two, hopefully we can get get our episode with Kevin. I told you I talked to him. No, you didn't tell me. I did. I did. That's what I wanted to tell you. We're going to have Kevin on. Oh, are we really? Yep. So he said yes. He did say yes. He said, obviously, we you know wanted to get through the holidays because yeah. you know, he had all that going on. But I was like, yeah, man, we'd love to have you as a guest. He's when like, we do this, I need you to have your questions ready. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I'm not going to half-ass this one. This is more so your review or your interview with Kevin from the extra from Princess Brides. Princess uh, Diaries. Diaries, there you go. And uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, and The Holidays, uh, The Holiday. Mm-hmm. Uh, been in a bunch of movies, dude. Yeah, apparently. Like, shit that I wouldn't even think today. Well, when we get um, get us lined up, schedule-wise, we'll uh, interview Kevin. Yeah, I asked him, I was like, have you ever done podcasts before? He's like, I'm actually kind of terrified of him. I've stayed away from him. I was like, oh, no, nah, bro, you'd love ours. <laughs> It's going to be a breeze. You'll love it. Pretty funny. I was like, because I've interviewed like three people, bro. I'm pretty good at it. I was like, (laughs) I give myself a pat on the back. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, we don't usually do. uh, We'll do interviews. Interviews on this podcast, but, you know. uh, Shit, every time we have Mick on, it's kind of great, you know, because like I get a little bit better at asking questions. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely practice. I get a little bit better at reining people in from going off the rails. Yeah, dude, you're great. You're getting really good at that. Like, you've saved like a lot of episodes because of that. Um, but yeah, I I think this year is gonna be it's gonna be a good year. It's gonna be the year that's gonna separate it. Yeah, I think so too. Joe Rogan, watch out! So <laughs> coming, motherfucker. God, I would just be happy to be on Joe Rogan. Like, talks to us like, why? How'd you guys get if started? He lines that fucking paper up. We'll go on, dude. <laughs> We're not going on Joe Rogan for anything less. I don't know what he's charging. What are you talking about? I would gladly go on Joe Rogan for free. Hell no, man. That's the competition. You can't go on there for free, bro. What are you thinking? <laughs> he about? is not the competition. He, he is, is definitely the... the competition, bro. We're like the second most successful podcast out. At uh, least yeah. the weird the most popular movie review podcast out there. Exactly, dude. And the fucking Joe Rogan talks about whatever. Yeah. So like, you know, he's got a little bit more open. Yeah. When more. worlds collide. Exactly. But like, <laughs> he's lucky that he doesn't talk about movies because he would have to bow the fuck down. <laughs> I don't give a shit if he's got Kanye or Joey Diaz on, whatever. Like, he ain't fucked with us before. Right. He'd be lucky if we even did his show. <laughs> People don't even listen to it like that anymore. He hasn't had real talent on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson, my ass. <laughs> Who cares that Kanye's been on there? Like, you have a fucking interview war with Cinema? Yeah. Are you, are you even doing anything? Man? Right, right, right. Like, what are you doing? You're just your asleep. Life? You're just sleeping. Jesus, Joe Rogan. <laughs> go back, fucking, go back to YouTube, dude. No, 100% if I'm being up, if. I wouldn't do it just out of sheer terror. You wouldn't do it? Nah. Oh, you'd have to, bro. I'd be too scared to. He would be. He Don't would meet be, your heroes. He'd be like, yo, I need you and Par. I'm going to fly y'all out here to Texas. You can shoot guns and shit. <laughs> Me and Par can get fucked up, and then we'll do an episode. It'll be great. No, you know who we would probably end up with? Burt Kreischer. I could see us on Burt Kreischer's podcast. If, only if him and Tom Segura are doing one. I'll go on two bears in a cave. Oh, my God. You, only if they could, we could both go. I would love to hear just you and Burt Kreischer on two bears in one cave. It would be like watching some fucked up multiverse versions of ourselves. Yeah. Like, you know, like us and other forms. Yeah. Because like you and Tom would just be sitting across from me and him. And we're just fucking going back <laughs> and forth, back and forth. 
And Tom just looks at you and you're like, so you just, this is what you do? Every- yeah, this is pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it's same shit. <laughs> glad, uh, glad he got to take the weight off my shoulders this week. You and Burt Kreiser are just downing beers, like shotgun, <laughs> shotgunning beers to see. you doing dumb shit, like both shirtless. <laughs> yeah. Makes no sense. <laughs> this is the greatest fucking episode we've ever done. But yeah, goals. Yeah, goals. All could be made all could be made possible by the end of the year. Let's do it. I got to get in touch with uh, Burt Kreischer. Actually, you get in touch with Burt Kreischer. I'll get in touch with Tom Segura, and then we'll make this happen. Yeah, we got to do lunch or something. Yeah. Get this worked out. <laughs> My schedule's wide open. <laughs> this is not surprising. I got, you know, I got a couple meetings. But, got a couple uh, meetings before here in the I, end of the year, but I could put them aside. I could move them around, but I'm flexible right now. I'm flexible. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, man, my cousin Vinny till next time. Later y'all. Later.